Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the BHITB podcast. I'm your host, Dante Fortson. Today, we're still going to be talking about Satan's America. I believe this is part five in the series, episode number 21, for those of you who are going to look for the show notes later. Uh, but before we get to that, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and make sure you subscribe on Twitter. Twitter has not been up that long. I don't use it that much, but I do post updates on there. Uh, for those of you that have Twitter, I think I have about 15 followers, so I'm not killing the Twitter game right now. So go over there, make sure you subscribe to, on Twitter uh, or follow me on Twitter and subscribe on YouTube. And let's see here, the new book. I mentioned the new book. I announced it a couple days ago, The Black Hebrew Awakening, The Last 400 Years as Slaves in America. It's going to be an updated version of The Black Hebrew Awakening uh, published in Kindle format. It's going to be expanded a lot uh, more than the current version available. This is basically um, the second edition of that book uh, for those of you who want it, and it's going to be available in paperback and on Kindle. Kindle, since people have been asking me to uh, put forth a paperback book, this will be it. It's coming out November 15th of this year. That's when it will be released. Um, Right now, I'm taking votes on the book cover. There are three book covers up potential book covers, whichever one gets the most votes, that's the book cover I'm going with. Uh, You can go to the website, blackhistoryinthebible.com, and uh, vote for it there. You'll see the link uh, right there on the home page. So make sure you go check that out. Vote for your favorite book cover. And as far as in the book, I've been telling people it's going to be a bit different than what you're used to book-wise. If you have not read my book, As the Days of Noah Were, then you won't know what I'm talking about. But if you have read the book, you'll have a hint of what I'm talking about. So there's going to be video inside the book. Not just I'm not just going to um, explain what the, what's in the video. I'm not going to tell you to go Google it or YouTube it or any of that. You'll be able to access video directly from the book, the exact video I'm talking about. Same thing with the audio. There are going to be enlargeable maps in the book as well. There's going to be like a full evidence archive in the back of the book that you can access the direct evidence in full color, even though it's a black and white book. The book is, you know, black and white ink, black and white pictures in the book, but there will be a full color archive in there. and There's going to be a lot more. You'll start to see. um, Well, actually, you'll see as you read the book for those of you who buy the paperback version. If you buy the Kindle version, Uh, Some of those things will be missing from the Kindle version. Uh, Amazon does not allow certain things in the Kindle version, uh, but there will be links in the Kindle version that you can click and take you to the stuff that I'm referring to for those who have the book. So if you've never seen a book like that before, you're in for something great. It's, It's a little bit different than what most people are doing. Uh, tomorrow I will be releasing the table of contents sneak preview. So you'll see what's coming up in the book. Some of that stuff will be subject to change. More may be added. Some stuff may be deleted and recategorized, moved around. Uh, but right now the table of contents, uh, is going to be published for sneak preview. And finally, last bit for those of you who want it on Kindle, you can go pre-order it right now. The link will be on the website. But you can put in your pre-orders. Uh, it will not come out again until November 15th. Uh, so, yeah, get your pre-orders in. Uh, the link will be in the show notes, and the link will also uh, be at the bottom of every page on the website on blackhistoryinthebible.com. Uh, so go check. It's on the bottom of every page except for the homepage. 
and it will probably be added to the homepage later on today. So, yeah, go check any article you want on blackfishingthebible.com. Scroll towards the bottom before the comments, and you can pre-order today on Kindle right now. All right, so let's go ahead and jump back into the Gentiles. Left off with the Gentiles. We talked about God enlarging or deceiving Japheth from Genesis 9:27. If you missed that, go back to episode number 19, and you'll be able to get the show notes, and you'll be able to listen to the audio on the Gentiles and get caught up to where we are now. So just a quick recap. Um, Genesis, I'm sorry, Jeremiah, let's see. No, you know what? Let's let's go Genesis 9:27. So the Lord will enlarge uh, Japheth. Japheth um, will live in the tents of Shem. And that word enlarge could also mean deceive or several other words. So you'll get the full teaching if you go back to episode 19. So now that we know that there's a prophecy that says God will deceive Japheth or enlarge Japheth, which it works in that way too because we see the, the Gentiles or the Europeans pretty much control most of the planet. So they have been enlarged, but they've also been deceived. And we're going to talk about some of that deception today and how it kind of plays out into our current time. So in Jeremiah sixteen nineteen, it's it has a verse in there which confirms the deception uh, prophesied in Genesis nine twenty seven. And that says, in Jeremiah 16, 19, it says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress, and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Now, if you don't understand who the Gentiles are, go read the study, Unmasking the Gentiles. It breaks down the word used to describe Gentiles in the Old Testament. Um, it goes into who's being referred to when they talk about the Gentiles. It breaks down the descendants of the Gentiles and where they settled. And basically, the Gentiles are Europeans. And I always say this. I tell people to go do your research because the camps are out there teaching falsely. They're teaching this Hellenistic views nonsense. And when you go study and do the research and you follow the children of Japheth, who the Bible says are the Gentiles, you see that they're Europeans and, and not scattered Hebrews or Hellenistic Jews or any of this other stuff. So check that out for yourself. So anyway, this is one of the prophecies that the, the Gentiles will come from the ends of the earth and they will admit that they've inherited lies. What lies? Some of those lies we're going to get to, but some of the lies we've talked about, the curse of Cain being black-skinned, that's a lie. The, the descendants of Cain surviving the flood, uh, they call them the Kenites, and they say because Cain had black skin and the Kenites survived, some of the Kenites survived the flood, that the Kenites have black skin. And so therefore, Christus, Christian identity teaches that a, a lot, if not all, black people are Kenites or descended from Cain and are therefore cursed. And then they also take the curse of Canaan, uh, Ham's son, and they apply it to Ham, and then they use it to say that all black people came from Ham, and so therefore all black people are cursed. Uh, the other deception is part of that curse was that Canaan would be servants or slaves to their brothers. And so they use that lie. Um, they use the lie of the curse of Ham to say that, well, all black people are under that curse, so therefore all black people are cursed to be slaves, and therefore we don't owe you reparations or 
for slavery. We haven't done anything wrong. We're fulfilling Bible prophecy. This is this is how the deception works within European uh, Christian doctrine. So Joel three though Joel three. There's prophesied judgment for the Gentiles. And for those that are teaching, this judgment is coming. It hasn't already happened. So when you get around those camps and they're teaching you that the Gentiles are Hellenistic Jews, and then you get to this part in Joel, um, there's a conflict there. Because if, if Christ came for the scattered sheep of Israel and they're teaching that the Gentiles are really Hellenistic Jews, then the Gentiles or Hellenistic Jews have a serious problem at the end of the world because of Joel 3, verses 9 through 10. It says this, Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. So this is a declaration of war, and it's not for war against the nations. It's for war against God. And the war is taking place. Read, read all of Joel 3 yourself for context. Like I always say, Acts 17, 11, check to see if what I'm saying is true. Listen to it and then go back and check behind me to make sure everything I'm telling you is true. Read Joel 3. This is God declaring war on the Gentiles for slavery. And it says that specifically. It says, because you have enslaved my people and sold them to the Grecians. And he goes into this this full explanation that this is for slavery. And if you pay close attention, the events in Joel 3 are the same events that happen in the book of Revelation. And so Joel 3's importance is that it puts the book of Revelation in context why it is happening. Sure, the redemption of the earth is recurring in Revelation. The restitution of everything, Christ's coming is happening. However, Joel 3 gives us the reason, and that is because Judah and Israel were enslaved by the Gentiles. Now, if you understand that, and then you listen to these camps teach you that these are Hellenistic Jews and the, the, the Gentiles are Hellenistic Jews, it doesn't make sense. The doctrine doesn't align because there's no way scattered black people are doing all this. It's just not possible. They're not, they're not um, enslaving all the rest of Israel or scattering all of Judah. They're scattered themselves. So, again, context is the most important thing and starting from the Old Testament and then working your way toward the New Testament in order to establish your doctrine. So that's one prophecy of the Gentiles. Another prophecy, which is huge, is that the Gentiles would seek Christ. And I know some people are out there teaching that salvation is for Israel only. That is not true at all, because as we'll get into here, uh, God promises to provoke Israel to jealousy with a people that is, that's not his. So scattered Hebrews are still his people. They're just scattered. They don't cease to be his people. They're still the, the natural branches. So when people are telling you that, that the Gentiles that are seeking are scattered Hebrews, it, it doesn't make sense. These are other people. So check this out. I'm going to show you something interesting, too. Most of you have read this because I've talked about it a lot, um, and this is from Isaiah. Isaiah, I think he's a pretty popular prophet. People refer to him a lot. So Isaiah 11, uh, verses 10 through 12. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall get, set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. So I'm going to pause right there for a second. I'm going to continue. 
So right here we see this is prophecy of the coming Messiah, and it says, to, him, to it shall the Gentiles seek, the Gentiles being the European nations. And as we've seen, the European nations have sought Christ. However, as we pointed out, there's a lot of deception that goes on in the European doctrine. And again, I'll say this. I don't believe that Europeans are 100% responsible for how they believe, because just like many of us were deceived by Eurocentric Christianity, they're even more so deceived by it because it is um, white friendly. It it and um, it promotes white supremacy. Now, even those that aren't actively white supremacists, they benefit from it, and yet, and they've been indoctrinated with this stuff, and so they are sort of brainwashed as well. And we're going to see in a second how and why the brainwashing occurs. And remember, we have a bigger enemy than this. Europeans aren't the enemy. Satan is the enemy. Satan has put people in power to do his will, and he has spent all this time making doctrine that is Euro-friendly and Hebrew-averse. Um, so I'll go ahead and continue the rest of this. Now, look, listen to where these people are gathered from, and if you go get a map and check for yourself, you'll see that not one European nation is named uh, when he recovers the remnant of his people. It says, um, and it should come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros, that's in Africa, and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So, I'm not saying that he won't regather Hebrews from Europe. I'm just saying Europe, none of the European nations are named in, the, in those verses. So he's going to regather all the outcasts of Europe. Now, if you haven't done any research on Egypt or if you believe that Egyptians were just tan Caucasians, please go do some digging. That is not true. Um, Pathros, you can do some uh, digging on Pathros. Kush is going to be the Ethiopian area. Elam, uh, I do have a study up on the Elam, the Elamites, and Susa, and the palace. Go check that out. Uh, you can find it if you go to any search bar on either ministerfortune.com or blackhistoryinthebible.com. You can find, um, you can search for Elam, and you'll get the study, and it shows that the Elamites were black people, Negroes. They left paintings on the wall. There's no doubt about what the Elamites look like, and Elam was one of the sons of Shem, the line that the Hebrews come from. So when, when you see the um, painting of the sons of Noah, which I mentioned before, that's also on uh, ministerfortune.com under Images of Deception. I believe it's number nine, uh, the sons of Noah. You can search for that. But they, they present it as if Ham was black, Shem was brown, and Japheth was white. But the fact is, Elam, who the Elamites came from, is a son of Shem, and the Elamites were black, which means their father was black, which means his father was black, and his father was Shem. So the Shemites were black people. This is why they're going to be regathered from Egypt, Pathros, Cush, and all these other nations. Now, this is interesting because it, it blatantly names African nations, which we know that in 70 AD that the Hebrews scattered into Africa because of the Roman invasion. 
So when you run into Eurocentric doctrine, it teaches you that um, the Hebrews migrated and they mixed into all the world, as uh, a lot of those guys say. Just know that's false teaching, because if that were true, how can God regather some of his people from parts of Africa? It's not true. The Hebrews didn't mix. They didn't migrate and mix. They were enslaved and taken. They were scattered all over the world. So when you get to 70 AD, just start tracing that and you'll see. And you get into the Limba and it talks about their migration down through, um, down through the Arabian Peninsula, through Yemen, into uh, where they ended up settling. If you go check that out, you'll start to see some other stuff emerge, like the pictures from 1901 of the black Yemenite Jews. Uh, there were pictures taken, and they were released, I believe, last year or the year before. Uh, either way, these pictures were held in secret because they didn't think the world was ready to know the truth. And so you get those Yemenite Jews that are uh, dark. They, they're black people. And some people don't think they're real, but I thought it was interesting that the, that the Lemba are genetically Hebrew, and their, their migration story passes directly through Yemen. So I do believe that the Yemenite Jews, the black Yemenite Jews, are the real deal because the Limba are the real deal. And since their journey uh, landed them there for a while, they didn't just leave Yemen. They didn't just pass through, but they were there for a while before they continued on their journey, if you go listen to their story. Um, so, yeah, I do believe those people are the real deal and what they, they, you know, they really are who they say they are. So the Gentiles will be accepted into the new covenant. And that brings us to replacement theology. So now the Gentiles get accepted into the New Covenant. If you go through uh, the New Testament, it's 100% clear that the Gentiles do get salvation. And I'm not just saying the people that believe in any old Jesus out there because it's possible to believe in a false Christ. All those images of the European Jesus, that's a false Christ. We know that's not him. And so they're following a false Christ, and they're following a lot of the false Eurocentric doctrine, which means that they are not following the Christ of the Bible. Broad is the path and narrows the way. That whole verse paraphrased. So a lot of people are finding that uh, belief system, but they're not finding the real Christ. So replacement theology comes in, and replacement theology is the root of white supremacy um, and why it can flourish in the Eurocentric church. So the replacement theology basically teaches that um, God has completely abandoned Israel. All of Israel's promises have transferred over to the church, and the church has completely replaced Israel as a nation, and God is no longer dealing with them. So you will find that when you come to some of the slavery prophecies, like the one in uh, Matthew where Christ says you'll be led captive into all nations, they believe that that is talking, to, talking about Christians. Christians will be enslaved and led captive into all nations. So they're expecting, uh, one, a pre-tribulation rapture, but at the same time they're expecting uh, Christians to be led captive into slavery, which would be part of the tribulation. So their doctrine is very, very convoluted once you start to really unravel it. And so um, the thing is, if Israel, if, if God is no longer de dealing with Israel, it would make God a liar because there's so much stuff promised in the Old Testament to Israel for God to say, oh, you know what, well, I'm just going to go ahead and replace you, so technically I'm keeping my promises, and I'm just, using these, I'm just applying these promises to another nation. So it becomes a problem because then you can't trust God. So if God will do that to Israel after making all these promises, 
why wouldn't he just suddenly, I don't know, take the promises away from the church and apply them to, I don't know, anybody else, to Australians specifically. Let's just use them for an example. So they believe in an untrustworthy God that's incapable of keeping his word uh, with one nation. So he uses a loophole to just say, okay, well, now I'm going to adopt these people in. Now they're Israel and you're out so I can still keep my promises that I made without being a liar. That's not how God operates. But in their mind, that's how God operates. And let's move to Romans 11, the grafted in part. So the grafted in part, and a lot of people get this wrong, but the fact is, spiritually, there is no difference between Jew, Gentile, um, Hebrew, Greek, bond, or free, spiritually. And I like that Teo said that. If you go watch Teo Ministries' last video, they mentioned that as well, and I thought it was a great way that they explained it. So spiritually, we are the same when they come to Christ, the true Christ, not the fake Euro Christ that they have in their church with the fake Euro doctrine, the true Christ, they are grafted in or adopted into the natural branches. Just like you adopt a child and you, you hopefully treat that child the same as your natural children, the same happens with the Gentiles when they put their faith in Christ. So a lot of people take this whole graft in thing and they think that they Somehow, that means replaced Israel. Not sure why they think that, but if you go watch a video on grafting something in, it's um, it's a horticultural term. It's when you take a branch from, say, like a cherry tree and put it on an olive tree, for example, and then the cherry tree starts to live off of the, the nutrients and roots of the olive tree, and you can actually have a cherry branch on an olive tree. There's a whole process to it. I've actually helped my grandfather do it one time, not a cherry and olive tree, but I helped my grandfather do a tree back when I was younger uh, because he used to garden because he was raised on a farm. So he had he had this knowledge that I didn't know was going to apply to the Bible. But, yeah, go watch some videos, and you'll see how grafting works. Grafting does not replace the original. It It takes a new thing. And the new thing is joined in with the original and allowed to benefit from the root, which in this case is Christ. The original branches are going to be the Hebrews, and then the uh, wild branch is going to be the Gentiles. So the Gentiles are allowed to benefit by being tied into the root and getting that uh, life-sustaining nutrients and energy from Christ or in real life the uh, or in, in tree life the um, the tree. So. We'll move on to cultural appropriation. I'm trying to get through all this stuff before I run out of time, but if not, you know, I'll get to it next time. So this is going to be the first – this is not even going to be the first example of cultural appropriation. This is going to be the hugest example of cultural appropriation because it also happens back in Babylon, the Chaldeans. Do some research on the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans did not build Babylon. The Bible says it. History says it. The Chaldeans took over Babylon and assumed um, – responsibility or assumed credit for Babylon. They were not the original Babylonians. The Bible says the Cushites were. So yeah, go back and do some research and dig into that. And the Bible says the Chaldeans were nothing until the um, until it was built for them. I believe it says the Cushites, but I do have to make sure and check um, that it says the Cushites built it for them. But I know for a fact that it does say that Nimrod was a Cushite and he built Babylon. So check that out. But anyway, this is this is going to be the hugest form of cultural appropriation because they believe because they were grafted in that Israel was kicked out and that they have replaced Israel. And so now 
they have um, what's called British Israelism, which basically says the the uh, Brits were the real Hebrews and the Americans by extension because the first Americans were British. And so they teach this theology that right now that Israel is ruling the earth, America and England, that they are Israel. And so they are currently ruling the earth. And some people believe that we're in the millennial reign right now. So that that's kind of how their twisted theology becomes. So they've taken over the identity of Israel. But this has roots even further back of them trying to take over the identity of Israel. So the book of Maccabees is another book that was forbidden or banned from the Bible. And you can find it in the Apocrypha. And as we saw with the book of Enoch, it talks about the fallen angels having white skin, and that book was banned. But they still reference it, but they won't tell you about the part where it says the angels had white, or the sons of the angels had white skin. The book of Maccabees is another book that I find interesting that it's not in the Bible. It contains the story of the origin of Hanukkah. Um, they only had enough can, um, oil to burn the candles for one night, and then they ended up burning for uh, eight nights. And you have to ask yourself why the story of the origin of Hanukkah would not be included in the Bible because Hanukkah is such a huge thing. I believe it was, I don't know, if it was seven or eight nights. I have to go back and look and check that. It's either seven nights or eight nights. It's been a while since I read the story. Um, but there is a Bible verse or a verse out of the book of Maccabees that is very interesting that sheds some light. It says, then they fasted that day and put on sackcloth and cast ashes upon their heads and rent their clothes and laid open the book of the law, wherein the heathen had sought to paint the likeness of their image. That's in First Maccabees 3, 47 through 48. So we see now, if you understand what's going on with the Maccabees, they're being invaded by Europeans. Now, the Europeans were trying to paint their images into the Hebrew scriptures. They were trying to appropriate their culture. This is why we see cultural appropriation going on now where they, we look and turn on the video and we see a Honda commercial or whatever, and we see a white guy rapping. Rap was not part of their culture. They just appropriated our culture. This is why Justin Timberlake does R&B. This is why Eminem raps. Now, I'm not saying it's anything wrong with them embracing our culture and participating in, in it, but we see that they do absorb our culture. Our culture rubs off on them. They want to be more like us, and a lot of us are trying to be more like them. And there's a problem there. And people, people should really look at that. Those people, people who idolize Europeans and think we should be more like them, ask yourself, why is it that they're trying to be more like us? They took our people, and then they raped our women. They um, took our inventions through the patent office. And they take our music. They own the music industry. R&B and hip-hop, they own that. The, the top owners are Jewish. The lawyers are Jewish. The advisors are Jewish. The A&Rs are Jewish or European or, you know, any number of things you want to refer to. But the, most of the people are Jewish in that industry. But then there's a lot of Europeans, too, that are non-Jewish Europeans. I'll put it that way. They own it. They own the culture, the clothing companies, everything you see. So, Ask yourself why that is that they're trying to be like us and own our stuff, and some of us are steadily trying to be more like them, which is kind of a contradiction because if those of us who are really trying to be like them paid attention to them, you would just go ahead and be yourself because they're trying to be like us. But I'll let you all figure that out on your own for those of you who are idolizing uh, Europeans. So this desire to paint their images 
um, into the scriptures is going to become the basis for the Renaissance period, which lasts from 1300 to 1700 A.D. They spent 400 years painting white people into everything and then hiding or destroying the black images that existed. So this is why you see European Jesus on TV because of the Renaissance period. It's why you see European Jesus in movies. It's why you see European Jesus hanging in churches, and it's why you see European Jesus all over the Internet. It's all because of these events that led to the first Hanukkah where the Europeans invaded and wanted to paint their images into the scriptures. And they, they, the Hebrews mourned this. They repented, or, and they, they mourned and probably prayed and all kind of stuff. They put on sackcloth and ashes. So just understand the roots of uh, a lot of the European deception. Europeans are not our enemy. Our enemy is bigger than Europeans. Europeans have been deceived and used just as we have, except for because their doctrine is Euro-friendly, uh, they embrace it more while we have come to the knowledge that we should reject a lot of that. And a lot of Europeans are coming to that knowledge. So I want you guys to check out. That's, that's going to be uh, the time we have for today. I'm going to be back. I'm going to try to get back on here tomorrow. If not, I will get back on Saturday. Um, but I want you guys to go check out the David Banner interview. on It's about a year old. I'm going to post the link. On, um, it's going to be in the show notes, and I'm going to post a video on BlackHistoryInTheBible.com. It's a very enlightening interview. I, I love it. Um, viewer discretion advised, but he does when he curses. He does it with a point. He's not just doing it indiscriminately. Um, but check out that interview. It's very eye-opening, and I think it's one of the best interviews I've seen in a long time. So with that said, thanks for listening. Make sure you share the podcast, and until next time, I'm out.